you know, I see life as this huge buffet and I want to go try every mm. single dish. And this is, you know, as humans, we're designed for status quo. It just becomes very easy that I just really want to do what happened yesterday. And so we're not naturally designed for change. Welcome to the Challenger Podcast. This is your host, Peter Gay. I'm a Waterloo and Berkeley trained engineer working in the Bay Area. Now armed with an MBA from Haas Business School, I want to take on the world. But deep down inside, I'm struggling with anxiety about my career and my life. I'm seeking help by talking to some of the most extraordinary people that I have met, and let's find out together how they've navigated their lives. I've learned from their stories of how to persevere through the hard times and how to celebrate the good times. Hopefully, this can help you find an even keel as you're navigating your world. Hello, everyone. I have here with me my friend Hamish. A year ago, I was looking for ways to find clarity in my career. I was feeling a little bit of unease, self-doubt, and lacking motivation to really give my best. And uh, my default reaction was kind of to re- withdraw and think about change. Luckily, I, I wanted help. I sought help from a coach. And even luckier, I got matched up with Hamish as my coach. And he helped me a lot during my trying times. And I fe- I do feel like I have a better grasp of my career, my life direction, as he guided me through this past year. And I am way better equipped to think about career and life changes in my future. So, Hamish, how's it going? Great to see you and talk to you again. Yeah, good to see you too. Good to see you doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you t- tell us a little bit about your, your own career changes, your mindset and thinking about transitions? Yeah, so obviously my job now is a coach of which I focus around sort of three main areas. One is sort of career planning, career transitions, and then more specifically in skill space around leadership skills. Um, And the coaching world has traditionally been one at the executive type level because it's been expensive, but it's boomed in the last five, 10 years. There are a lot of coaches out there now, and there are a lot of companies that bring in coaching sort of to everyone, right down to individual contributors. So um, a lot more people, I think, are seeking out coaching to go get the most out of their careers in a variety of ways. For me, I was trained as an engineer. I did engineering for quite a while, and then something didn't feel quite right about it. And a sales opportunity came along my way to move into sales in a different company. And I went and grabbed that. And I did sales for uh, a few years. absolutely loved it. But then something wasn't quite right again. And I moved to the United States, moved to Silicon Valley. Wasn't as there. I'm originally from New Zealand. Uh, I went back into engineering. Then I went back to sales again. And so I've kept doing these sort of transitions for a variety of reasons. Um, but there's always been something about trying something different, meeting new people that has really appealed to me, the variety of the work. You know, I see life as this huge buffet and I want to go try every mm-hmm. single dish. And then in recent years, I, I got the opportunity to sort of start coaching in the tech company that I was part of. Uh, they trained me as a coach. I went to coaching school. And with the pandemic, I realized some more changes were probably required in my life. And I decided to move into coaching full time, which is what I do today. And I coach today with my own practice. And I also work with a couple of consultancies that specialize in uh, career coaching. Well, it sounds like a lot of your experiences shaped who you are and really sounds like you're a explorer of of a kind. It's mm. very, very um, unusual. Most people kind of sink in and they drive right through and go climb the ladder, if, they, if you will. 
and there's not a path. It doesn't sound like a path that you did. I did climb the ladder a little bit, but I I think I found as, as you get higher in the ladder, it becomes you know, for me uh, less satisfying. Each step, it isn't you know. There's only so many promotions that then they start to not really mean anything. Um, and then I like the word, yeah. Uh, being an explorer is is definitely core to my values. I, I love exploration. I love to know what else is out there. I think perhaps in the past it was a sense of I could always find something better. There must be something better out there. Now I realize it's not about better. It's just about different. There's something different out there. It adds a lot of richness to my life. And I get perhaps my path isn't usual. I have changed jobs quite a few times. Uh, careers are much more dynamic. Yeah. Companies, for the most part, are much more willing to move you around, even internal uh, to them. Um, there's just so much more options out there. Yeah. So since you've done it so many times, so I have to ask you this: how how do I know when is the best time for me to make a change? It's a good question. I don't know if there's a right answer to it. You know, it's one of those things. Like a lot of people wake up one morning and go, man, there's something's just not right. You, you're then forced into the change, perhaps. Or you are literally forced in the sense you've lost your job, the company's gone bankrupt, whatever else might be happening. So uh, you don't really know. But I'd, I'd ask you the, the opposite question. How do you know when you really love what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying you've had days in your life regardless of whether it's at work or on the weekend or whatever, where the day just felt really good. Not quite sure why. Time flies past. You're in the moment. You're not thinking about what's happening next week, or what happened last week. And that's called flow state. And when you're in a flow state, man, life feels good. I would say the answer to your question could be you don't feel like you're in a flow state most days. In fact, you're in quite the opposite. You're quite distracted You'd feel unsettled all the time. Something just doesn't feel right. And it just keeps eating at you. I think I agree there. Well, there are time periods where it's like that flow state. And then time periods where like, why am I doing this thing that I kind of hate? (laughs) Here's another thought. People usually say, hey, the younger you are, easier to make changes. And kind of older you are is a little bit harder. But what if we're at a little bit later life stage where we think we're older but we still want to make that change. What if you want to do it in, in your if, 78? If I'm 40 and I want to make that change, or, which usually people might think like 40, I got my career established. I got my, say, families or responsibilities established, but I still want to make a big change. How would I best think about that? Would it be still be that, oh, I, I kind of really dislike what I'm doing now, so I better make a change, but the sort of the cost of it is really high? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe not so much the cost. It could be the 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 danger element of it or the risk involved. If you've got kids and a mortgage, you know, you suddenly can't go move across country and do whatever you want, usually. It's, it's, there's a lot more at stake. And this is, you know, as humans, we're designed for status quo. It just becomes very easy that I just really want to do what happened yesterday. And so we're not naturally designed for change. Right. It can be scary. There can be a lot of risk involved. Our brains are set up in a way where our amygdala is our defense mechanism that protects us from danger. It's, you know, through evolution. And so our brain will tend towards what could go wrong with this plan versus what's right with it. And usually to overcome that fear, we have to spend a lot of time focusing on what's right and the lure of the change 
and perhaps mitigating some of the risks. Um, and that takes work. I think it's also worth noting, what's the risk of not changing? Right. And that's the that's the typical scenario of I'm just going to go bury my head in the sand. I just I just don't want to think about this. Like this just sounds like it's going to be it's going to torment me in some way. Bury head in the sand. The problem is that nudge will pop up again. It might be a few years away. It might be a few weeks away. It'll keep popping up. And the the, the heat of your current situation not being quite right versus the lure of perhaps something you've seen that you want to change towards will start that balance will start to shift. Going back to your previous question, how do you know when it's right to change? Well, again, do you want to be forced into that change or do you want to navigate it in a way that you're in control of the situation? Yeah, that's a that's a really good way of looking at it from the flip side. Well, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a scenario that I see a lot. Yeah. Let's just say you've fallen out of love with your job. Yeah. Right. But, you know, you're disciplined, you turn up, you try your best, but everyone will start to notice that lack of energy. You'll be putting in a little bit less effort. You'll be get frustrated more. You'll be sighing a lot. You might have a few arguments at work. All these sort of things start to build up over time. And if it carries on long enough and the company cares enough about your performance or you're starting to serve others, you'll get to the point where they will remove you before you remove yourself. And this happens all the time. And so what scenario do you want to go down? You know, do you want to control the situation knowing it's not right? I need to go find something better or I need to make the current situation work differently. Or I'm just going to sit there and ignore it because those are big, tough decisions and I don't want to be responsible for them. And I'll let the environment around me dictate where I'm heading. Yeah, you wanted to take the situation in your own hands for your own sake. Right. So think about just your life in, in, in the terms of the metaphor I always like is who's driving the bus? Is it your company? Is it your parents? Is it the peer pressure of your friends around you? Whatever else could be a spouse, or do you want to take control of the steering wheel on that bus and drive your own career to where you really want to go? Um, again, the older you get, there's more people with their hands on the steering wheel, but a lot of people don't have a single hand on the steering wheel. They're actually sitting in the back seat, just going, wonder where we're going next. That's a dangerous place to to sit. I wonder on your note about lots of people don't have a hand on the steering wheel. I wonder if our whole life upbringing do not train us to put our own hands on the steering wheel like from school to grade school to college to grad school to the first job the the goalposts have been set kind of for you you just you don't think about it you just go and achieve yeah yeah in our teenage years our number one thing that really drives us in life is trying to make our parents happy because then they pat us on the back or give us a reward or treat us in some way and we're completely conditioned to that. When we leave home after university or during university and get our own career, the pats on the back become less frequent and harder to get and more meaningless. And that's going back to my comment, right? I got a bunch of promotions in my career. I'd gone up, I moved into management. I was running large teams. I was earning lots of money. It become more and more meaningless the more of those I got. I mean, there's only so many promotions you can get. And then you go, oh, what, another certificate? for doing great another exceeds doesn't really mean anything the first few feel good like i'm really achieving i'm successful at what i can do i can help others i can help the company but if you keep getting it after 10 years 20 years 30 years doesn't really mean anything as much as perhaps some other things and i'm not saying that's for everybody some people have to 
are on a path to CEO, once they get to CEO, they will be content, or at least they believe they'll be content. And that's great, right? But that's not everybody. In fact, it's most people is, uh, is not that. The idea of pleasing their boss or pleasing their parents or some sort of superior starts to fade as well. And so rather than looking for that uh, compliment or reward or whatever it might be from your external environment and people around you, the challenge becomes looking inside yourself to find out how do I make myself happy? And what, what does it really mean to be content and have a fulfilling career for me? And that's, you know, and that is core to my values. And those values are still developing through your 20s, through your 30s. In fact, they'll keep changing uh, throughout your life. But if you can build the skill early on to know what do I want? Why do I want that? How would I go get it? Where might I find it? And start thinking it you know, in a very strategic way. And that's what a coach can help you do. You've got a much higher chance of having a more fulfilling life and probably a more successful career anyway. Because if you're turning up and you absolutely love your job, you're going to be successful at it. And other people are going to around you are going to be attracted to working with you because you're you're loving it. So say, for example, now someone who has thought about these and wanting to make that change and focusing on some of the emotional turmoil in their minds. Okay, I want to make that change, but somehow I'm uh, so afraid to. How can we like almost help ourselves break out of that that bond? being afraid uh go get a coach (laughs) um i'll just say it's a good comment on you know if you have worked out what's important for you one thing that might suddenly pop out and i see this all the time with my clients is that you know what i want to change jobs i hate my boss my boss is a jerk right hate hate the boss when we break it down we realize that your boss's values and your values are fundamentally different that's why you hate the boss the boss isn't trying to be a jerk to you he just has a different set of values or it could be the company's values no longer align with your values, right? Your values have changed. The companies are probably static in some way, um, but your values have suddenly changed. And so it's then identifying it's not them. It's it's me. I'm, I need to break up this relationship because I've changed. Once you sort of know that, you know, you want to make this transition as easy and it's not so much running away from the current situation. You have to go find something that you want to run towards. When, when you find that thing, then you, that transition is going to be the easiest transition in the world. Um, one of the dangers of transitions is people don't know what they're running towards. And so they just jump jobs, which you know generally is quite easy to do in particularly Silicon Valley. But when you're being, when you're being interviewed in that state, it is so obvious to the hiring manager that you're running away from something rather than running towards something. And alarm bells should go off in that hiring manager's head going, this person doesn't really know what they're doing with their career and what they want. And it might be hard to do that. And I think the other piece there is a lot of my clients have left jobs because something was bad. They regretted it later in the sense that a question popped up, what if I tried a bit harder? Or what if I tried to repair that relationship? Well, what if I'd listened to the feedback that I got and actually worked on it and and improved in some way? They may still have left, but they would have left with no regrets. And and so I think one thing is, is really understanding what's wrong with my current situation. Can I do anything about it? Can I use it as a learning opportunity to grow in some way? And if you've done all that and it still doesn't sit right, then you can sit there content going, you know what? This is just what it is. There's no one to blame, really. Just we've drifted apart or whatever the situation might be. 
it's time for me to move on to something else. I think that's the way you can just sort of settle with it, knowing that I'm kind of closing the book on this chapter. It, it, it's over. <laughs> it's like a, it is, it does sound like a relationship, isn't it? But um, yeah, your, your relationship with you and your company or your boss, it is a big relationship. You spend a lot of time together. It could be a long-term relationship, but like all relationships, they're really hard to end. There's a lot of emotion. A lot of things are tied up in it. And I think breaking down what's actually happening and getting full understanding of where it might have fractured or, or gone wrong is a great way to realize, okay, this is now the situation. Thus, what would have to change? And again, knowing your values is really about, this is what I'm seeking. I want to align my values with another organization or another manager. And then the, the work is go find that value alignment don't worry so much about a title or a type of company or a function. That's stuff that you're already probably good at. You have to find that function that you can do the job as well as living your values day to day. And so as you go into interviews, you know, it's probably going to be a weird question to going, hey, my values are this. Do they relate to yours? But you can ask subtle questions about what's important to that manager, how they interact with these sort of values. Do they actually do anything with the company values that you seem to like? And then you'll know when you've kind of clipped as best as possible. The best way to make that change is, is find find something that's worth your time to, to go after, to go for the next thing that matches best with your own values. So when you have found that, then there wouldn't be any afraid or emotion. There should be just excitement. Should be, I should pursue that right now. What you said was very, very poignant was that if something's not working on right now, take a take a second chance, right, for both you and and the folks around you, to try mm -hmm. try again. Um, and yeah, and, and if it's truly horrible, look, get out as fast as possible, maybe, but acknowledge that your next jump might be a temporary one as you just sort of restabilize yourself and and look to yeah. go do something else. So, mm -hmm. your other other point about say, um, focusing less about title company function, but focusing more about the team's values or the company culture values that having alignment of yours, how would we actually like start with that? Because the, like the natural search say for, for a different job is to start with the company, the title, the function. And then mm -hmm. only afterwards you, the one person chance you get to meet with anybody in, within, within the team, then do you get to that point? So mm -hmm. It seems like the, the the proper way of doing it is is all the cards are stacked against you from doing the doing it the proper way. Well, I would argue the proper way is flawed, and and we're set up in society for the wrong metrics, right? And, and likewise, going back to our education, we don't get taught this stuff. We get taught we should get a solid job, commit to it, turn up nine to five, and earn our money, and say yes sir, no sir, whatever, right? Um, and, and, and so the earlier in life, you can start to build skills around what do I really want? How can I answer that question? Do I know what I really want? Or is it being warped by my upbringing and the current people around me? And, and so another way of actually helping you through that transition is effectively having a support network around you that manages your career or as part of you managing your career. Why do we do, I mean, most of our career is thought of solo as a solo activity in terms of the planning. Why is that? And, and so you can think of, you know, 
not everyone has a coach for their career. In fact, very few do. It's growing, as I mentioned. But if I was a tennis player, I'd have a coach. Even if I was a just like yeah. I'm just on the starting out as a pro, I'd yeah. have a coach. Right. If I was a golfer, I'd have a coach. Right. But for some reason, for our careers, where so many decisions can make a massive difference on our earnings, our happiness, fulfillment, whatever, we we can't try and work it all out ourselves. Um, there is a great podcast out there, and I suggest you go find the link for it. Reed Hoffman is the founder of LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, he has a very famous podcast around one of the best pieces of advice he can give is build up. You've already got a network of friends when you're coming out of university. Hold that network of friends close as a pseudo advisory board for your career. Or you're in an MBA program right now, Peter. You've got a class that's got a lot of smart people in it. How can you keep that group tight to help each other along through the challenges and turmoils of a career? But you might also go get a mentor. You may get a coach. Your parents may still have an input in, in decisions you're making. If you've got this network, you can use them as a support mechanism. You can use them as a sounding board for ideas that you have or things you want to try. Whereas you need a close group that they really understand what's most important to you. And then as you're trying to navigate the space, they can bring up things like, oh, you told me this a few years ago that you really wanted to go do something more exciting or you wanted to try this. That might be part of it. So don't feel you have to do this alone, I would say is probably a key place there to, you know, if I'm too afraid, go seek out some help. Well, thanks so much, Amish. This is a lot to, to think about and um, really appreciate the words of wisdom from your years and actually engaging with lots of people in similar shoes. So thank you so much for this. My pleasure. Go, go get a coach. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Challenger Podcast with Peter Gang. Hamish showed us ways to take a leap, make a change in our lives if things are not working out. Look inward to find your values and build a support system around you to help you find people or organizations that have a match with your values. Take back the steering wheel that is your life. Drive your life. You owe it to yourself to live an amazing and eventful life. My conversation with Hamish carry overs to the next week as we talk more about having the right mindset on looking at your failures and how you will be better because of it. Reach out to Hamish if you want to get a deeper dive into how to navigate your work life. You can find him at greenfieldcoaching.com. Remember, it's never too late to reflect back on the obstacles you've overcome, how much you've grown, and how much you have yet to do. We encourage you to take some time to prioritize your well-being and find your inner peace. Thank you for tuning in. Please comment and subscribe to the Challenger Podcast. Join us for the next conversation about challenges and triumphs in life.